0: Welcome to Friendly Connection. I'm your host, Chuck Hartman. I understand that each one of you in this room can share the good news of Christ in a way that I cannot. Friendly Connection is an inspirational and encouraging weekly walk through the Word. Think about the number of us, no matter how young or old you are in this room, how many lives each of us could touch and change this week by redeeming the time. I pray that today's message will be an encouragement as you live out your faith. That is essential. If you are doing any kind of work for the kingdom of God, it's important that you know your identity in Christ Jesus. Now, let's go to today's message. The last couple of weeks we have been in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we know that as the love chapter in the Bible. We've talked about how In 1 Corinthians, it's almost like 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14 go together seamlessly. And then chapter 13 is just Paul goes out on a limb and just talks about love. Some theologians think that it was added later, but I think Paul knew exactly what he was doing. He really wanted to drive home a point to the church at Corinth that above everything, love is the greatest. So many of the things that the people in the church at Corinth wanted to to focus on and, and make great were not as important as love. Love never fails. The greatest of these is love. In fact, thinking about the idea of love never failing, there's a book entitled just that, Love Never Fails. It's the testimony of Daniel and Dolores Two people who met in middle school in the 1950s and in the 1960s became husband and wife. And through many years of marriage and having a family, there was a problem, there was a dysfunction within the marriage, and that was alcoholism and dependency. And to make a long story short, the marriage would end up in divorce. But through different circumstances, where One partner turned to God and their faith and their church family. The other partner continued in alcoholism. But over years, when the one partner hit rock bottom, God began to work in a miraculous way within their life. And maybe one of the most miraculous ways is after some time being divorced, reuniting that marriage once again. And in their testimony... Daniel and Dolores say that love never fails. God's kind of love, sacrificial love, what we understand in the Greek as agape love. And that's what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The last few weeks we've, we've looked at a couple of verses each Sunday, and we'll do the same today, but I'd like to read the entire Chapter 13 for you this morning. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13. Looking at uh, verses 1 through 13, it reads like this. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Hope and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Father, we're so grateful that you love us. We're so grateful that you chose us, that you're patient, you're long-suffering with us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Father, we're thankful for that. And Father, when we discover your love, I pray that we become a people who choose agape love, who choose to love others the way that you love us. And I pray that through that choice, we'll be able to point many people to Christ Jesus so that they too can know the salvation that we enjoy. Father, I'm grateful. And I pray that today we all take away new application from your word to live by daily. Father, we're grateful and we're thankful, and we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So a couple of things I want to think about when we think about these uh, verses. Picking up with verse 8, because that's where we left off last time. Paul says, love never ends, or love never fails, depending on your biblical translation. As for for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Understand this love never ends, love never fails. There's no failing in love. Believers, sometimes as believers, we will make a choice to love in an agape style, we will choose to love selflessly. But because we live in a messed up world and because we have a sin nature, even though we've been forgiven, sometimes we will miss the mark. Sometimes we'll not come up to the standard that God wants for us. Yet, love never fails. Sometimes we'll mess up, we'll miss the mark. But God can use those times if we're loving selflessly, not selfishly, but selflessly. One love never fails because agape love is eternal love. Selfless love will continue in the Lord and his people forever. All through eternity, we will be kept by his agape love. What a glorious thought. The second reason love never fails is that one's per, one person's choice to love selflessly never fails to build up the church in a powerful way. Paul says that prophecy and tongues and knowledge, and we could add any other spiritual gift to those things. Understand these were three spiritual gifts that were being abused in the church at Corinth. But we could, we could take any spiritual gift and put in that place and understand that the greatest of these is love. Why is that? Because spiritual gifts are for a time and for a season. Spiritual gifts that operate in our life aren't for our benefit. They are to help others see Christ Jesus. They're help to point others to salvation, so that the Holy Spirit can woo people, because if there's nothing, and I understand what I'm saying, if there's nothing of God, I believe that there is that of God in all people, but if there have never been seeds planted in someone's life that they understand that of God within them, then they may fall short of understanding their need for salvation. But if we're able to plant seeds, then the Holy Spirit has something to work with so that they can understand their need for salvation and their need to accept God and live for Him. And that's the reason for spiritual gifts in our life, to help point others to Christ Jesus. But in the future, sometime, I don't know when, we won't need those spiritual gifts but we will still need God's agape love because his love keeps us throughout time and eternity. There will be a time when it's too late to minister Christ to others. We we won't need that because we'll be with God and with Christ in eternity. We won't need those giftings, but we'll still need his love. His love never fails. Agape love never fails. Agape love is the most excellent love. It's the most excellent love. Verse 9, Paul says, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Again, these are are just partial things that we do. Even if we read this Bible, and I encourage you to do so every day, even if we read, and, and we were to be able to absorb all that we could know about God from reading every day, that still doesn't touch the surface of who God is. There's so much more that we'll never be able to know or comprehend within this lifetime. But in eternity, Paul will go on to say, and we're not there yet, I'll be known even as I'm known. You know, we'll be able to know more fully The mysteries of God. That time isn't now. We can only know in part. So we only prophesy. We only speak. We only preach. In part of what we know. And what we understand from his word. But when we're finally in his presence. When we're finally in his love. And that embraces us. And keeps us throughout time. And eternity. That's the most excellent. And that's what Paul is wanting the people at Corinth to understand. Love is the most excellent because that is what keeps you for eternity. That's how God loves you. Selflessly. Making a way, moving earth, literally. Sending his son to buy back Your fallen heart so that you can know him and be in relationship with him. What a glorious thought that is. Love is the most excellent. Paul goes on to say the partial will pass, but love will remain. Verse 10, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. The perfect has come. You know, some people believe that the perfect is this word of God. I understand that train of thought completely. But personally, I believe the perfect, the true perfect, is still yet in the future. It's when we're finally in God's presence. When when we're finally in that place where we're no longer plagued by Torment and, and hunger and disease and want when we're at perfect rest, at perfect peace in God Almighty. When the perfect has come, the partial will pass away. You know, to be in his presence, to be with him is to be in this word. To be in his presence, to be with him is to understand the mysteries, or at least the the depths of the mysteries that he wants us to understand. To be in his presence is a place where there is no want, there is no lack, there is no need, because every need is met in his perfect, unconditional, unmerited love. What a wonderful thought. And of everything that was going on in the church at Corinth, Paul wanted them to understand, above everything else, rejoice in the fact that you're saved. Rejoice in the fact that God loves you. His love never fails. It never ends. It's the most excellent. It will keep you through eternity. You know, and even today, many of the arguments that go on in many of the churches throughout America could just be quenched like that if we focused more on understanding the greatness of God's love, his selfless love, his agape love for each and every one of us. If we spent more time focused on that and less time on those semantical arguments that seem to divide us, then at the end of the day are really not that important. And sometimes in those arguments, And in those things, we do more harm because we don't understand that the world looking in at us says, well, if those Christians in the church can't get along any better than we do outside the church, then what's the point? But if they see us loving one another the most excellent way, the the greatest spiritual gift, if you really want to think about it, loving one another, In agape love, getting along, agreeing to disagree on certain things, and just moving forward for the kingdom. Oh, my gracious, what revival would come not only to our churches throughout America, but throughout the world. People would say, hey, look, there really is something to this Christianity. There really is something to this Christ. There must really be something to this idea that God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son for us. If we could really grasp that and really live in that, I'm preaching to myself, please understand this. We could really grasp that. Oh my gracious, what a revival would come and spread throughout the world. And I believe Paul understands that. And he's trying to express that to the church at Corinth. Hey, put away these petty differences. Don't worry about who you think is the most spiritual because of, of giftings that they have. Because at the end of the day, all of that pales in comparison to the fact that Christ Jesus loves you. He's moved heaven and earth to have a relationship with you. Rejoice in his love. Rejoice in that excellent way. And watch how other people will be drawn to you so that you can minister to them so that God's Holy Spirit can then woo them and bring them to that place of salvation. I hope you'll join us again for Friendly Connection so we can explore God's Word together. Blessings.